Jersey, congratulations. You finally made it to the dark waters. All this hard work, all the preparation, it finally paid off. You made it to the big show. How are we doing today? Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I am doing fantastic. It's about time I got on here. <laughs> I know. I don't know why I kept talking to all those other nerds. Like you were the you were, you were the prize. You were the main one that you know that that had to get on here. But That's uh, right. we finally made it happen. Um, how are you today? I know you just got off work. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, doing pretty good. Uh, work's still been a little bit slow, but, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, fishing has been pretty good. I just had a tournament up in the Madison Chain this past weekend, which I took ninth place at, so not too shabby, at, out of 43 anglers, so I uh, did pretty decent. Nice, nice, nice. So, uh, first time on the show, I know you've been on other podcasts, but you got to tell your story, who you are, what you've done, and if you want to tell people how you got into a kayak, I'm sure that's an important thing to talk about on the podcast. So, <laughs> Right, sure, yeah. So uh, I've been in the kayak fishing scene since uh, roughly 2014. Um, I used to be in a little sit-in kayak, uh, like a little pelican-type thing. Then I discovered the world of Hobie in 2014 and got my first outback that year as well. And while getting that kayak, I saw a flyer for a kayak fishing tournament and thought, oh, hey, this sounds kind of cool. And so I competed in my first one and was hooked pretty much from the beginning and asked the uh, tournament director at the time, uh, say, how do uh, kayak fishing tournaments work? And he's like, well, you know, instead of explaining it to you, how about you come on board and learn firsthand? And I was like, okay. So uh, been in the uh, tournament director scene uh, for quite a while as well. And then uh, I joined a second uh, tournament league uh, in 2016 and then got on staff with them in 2017. And then last year I got off of one of them and I'm still on the other one. Um, So still heavily involved. And then uh, I got my own podcast uh, last August. So I'm coming up on almost a year of nice. having my own show type of thing. So it, it's been pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've kind of you kind of dove in. Were you always uh, an angler? Did you fish when you were younger growing up? Um, I did a little bit, but not as much as like what I would like to say. <laughs> right. um, I was a very big um, outdoorsy person growing up as a kid. Um, I grew up in the country, middle of nowhere. Nearest neighbor was like a mile away. Um, I would ride my bike uh, to town and to town is like oh man, I don't know, like 10 miles or something like that. So I would ride my bike into town as a kid, you know, so yeah. think about that for a second. But um, back, back when life was fun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, we had a little stream um, not too far from our house and I would go down there all the time and play in the creek, catch, catch crawdads, frogs, snakes, whatever, bring them home. You know, of course my parents love that. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I had like a little fishing rod or whatever, just fish with like a worm underneath the bridge or whatever. Um, and then, um, a couple of family friends would take us out to like a little private pond and I'd kind of fish a little bit, but wasn't really like shown or taught anything. Um, I was pretty much self-taught. I really didn't get into like the fishing scene until my college years. Uh, I was going to Western Illinois University and there was a lake uh, just outside of there. And I happened to go there one weekend and it happened to be opening weekend of trout season. And I mean, there was like people just lined up on the shore fishing. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? And then I'd see that they were catching rainbow trout. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I didn't know they had such a thing. And so uh, I had been going up there for quite a while, uh, every fall for the trout season. And then in 20, 2011, a good friend of mine, um had taken me out uh just kayaking uh because he had like three or four kayaks that he didn't really use and after we were done he was like so i have like three of these laying around that i never use so you can just keep that one i was like what Uh, okay you know so that's how i started off in my little sitting kayak and uh, i would go out there just kind of kayak around i was like you know i really kind of want to try fishing And so, you know, I just had very basic gear and everything like that. And I absolutely loved it, you know, and never really, you know, was serious about it or anything like that. It was just a lot of fun and enjoyment. And then, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I went to a rec show with my now husband um, and uh, saw that they had the fishing kayaks. And I was just like, 
I gotta have this thing. This is awesome. <laughs> and uh, the rest is history, pretty much. So. <laughs> well, when did the uh, like the bug? Because I feel like everyone starts off. You know, they get like the uh, the cheap kayak. You know, we all, we all have the same story. We get the cheap kayak. Uh, like, oh, this is fun, and all of a sudden a bug bites us. And it, it, you, you can usually tell when the bug bites someone because they, they go from their cheap kayak to, like, next week they got, like, a, a three $5,000 kayak <laughs> with, with you know, and, and you slowly watch you, you watch their, uh, you know, you watch them customize it, and it goes, you know, the, the fish finders get bigger and everything. But when do you when was the, the bug bit you, and, and what did you see that really made you that, – because to me, to me, that's, like, it's a big commitment when you buy a uh, – you know, a Jackson or a Hobie, and you put that money in it. Because I had to ask, I had to ask hey, well, hey, babe, I know you got me this Pelican six, seven, eight hundred dollar kayak for my birthday. And I know my birthday was only two months ago, but I really like this sport. And my friend, he sells Jackson kayaks, and it's all, it's, it's only two thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, <laughs> just shy of three thousand. You know, babe, can I do this? I, I, you know, and and that's how, you know, that's that's how, you know, I, I, that, in my mind, that's how I see how everyone really really gets bit by the bug and really like just jumps into it when they buy that first expensive kayak, you know, what'd you see in the scene or the tournament or whatever that made you really want to uh, jump in this thing and, you know, and buy an expensive hobby? Well, you know, it was, I, the, the first bite that I would say was when I was at that wreck show and I just, I saw what Hobies could do. I knew nothing about any other brand or kayak fishing tournaments or anything. I just saw what they could do and how they were hands-free and that you just use your legs and I was just I was sold right then and there I was just like I gotta have this kayak you know and at the time and even now currently you know I live pay to paycheck to paycheck you know and so like once I saw the price tag then I was just like but I was just like I want this you know I was going to make it happen hell or high water (laughs) and so you know I saved up some money to put down a down payment and uh, it was at Quest Water Sports too uh, who is now uh, my Hobie uh, fishing team sponsor and um, I put a down payment and they had a uh, financing uh, program where you could get uh, I think it was like six months or 12 months uh, finance free uh, 0% interest so like I had it paid off you know within that year so um, you know I found something that had worked for me you know I made ends meet with budgeting and everything um, and whatnot and as far as like accessories and stuff like that like I knew I was going to be kind of limited but I was just like you know I'm a pretty Jill of all trades you know I can find something else other than a you know $300 rod alone you know I was like well you know I don't have to get anything super fancy because I don't even know like yeah. well what is what is medium heavy fast mean you know what is all this like you know uh, uh St. Croix rod or a Kistler, like what, what are brands are those? Like, I didn't even know. I just went to Bass Pro and got a cheap rod and reel, yeah, you know, cause yeah. I was like, I just, you know, I just want to get out and go fishing. And I asked them what worked for the best budget type thing. And then, uh, the second bug, uh, was definitely, uh, competing in the first tournament. Um, so like, you know, and that was a different bug in itself. It, that was more of, you know, the, 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 the tournament scene in itself, the, the camaraderie, the community, and just, you know, what it was about that, that just was like, this is awesome, you know, and just the environment and how welcoming I felt, you know, I wasn't pressured or anything, I didn't feel out of place, and like, I didn't, at that time, I didn't even, like, even have a shrink of my mind, consider I'm a lady in this sport or anything like that, that wasn't even a thought or consideration, right. you know, and so... That was kind of like the second bug in a sense. And then my first year with uh, the first club, which was Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series, you know, I kind of saw what other people had and whatnot, but I didn't pay a whole lot of attention because it wasn't really important to me at the time. I was more there for learning, seeing how other people fish, seeing what other people fished with, um, you know, learning techniques and stuff like that. I mean, it was super overwhelming. You know, I was just like, well, I'm just going to, you know, figure out what works for me and everything. And then um, I joined the second club that next year. And then that's when, no, it wasn't until, it wasn't until, uh, when did I get my first fish finder? I'm trying to remember when I had that because I had it for, I think it was 20, 
2016 when I got my first fish finder because I've seen people use them and I only got it because I wanted to know where I was for like safety reasons and I wanted it for water temperature and yeah. for water depth. Like I didn't know what the hell I was looking at, but I was like, as long as I can, you know, mark the launch and then it have the course that I follow so that I can find my way back, I'm good. Like right. I don't need it for anything else, you know? And so it was probably the the national championship where I got the the third and final bug, you know, and doing as well as I did for being so new into the scene and everything, that's when I was just like, okay, you know, I think I've finally found my calling. You know, I think I've finally found what what really drives me and what I was meant to do, you know, and then it just, it's, it's gone from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that's like a, you know, everyone's story in some ways. It's just these, you know, I, I feel like for me, like, you know, I would break it down in different bugs. Cause you know, the first bug was, Oh wow. I really like this sport. I did the tournament. Like I got to get a nice kayak. Uh, and then, but the thing is, you know, just like you, I was lost in, and I made the mistake cause I should have been more budget friendly. Uh, instead I'm like, I'm trying to learn like, 60 different techniques but i'm buying 60 whatever worth the uh, gear you know and so i had like a, a shaky head rod i had a, a wacky you know, i just had a rod for everything but didn't know, how to <laughs> yeah. fit, didn't, didn't know how to fish anything and like i look at like my uh you know i talk about it all the time i look at like my my shops over here and you know like 80 percent of stuff i don't even use like because you know like <laughs> i didn't realize like two years later i was going to narrow it down to like a few things that i really you know, that I really focus on as far as technique goes, but uh, that's probably the worst part if I had to tell anyone that they were starting uh, to get into this. Because one cool thing about the sport is that you can like, really start and get into it. It's not like you can like, you can literally go from a recreational angler one day and then the next day be a competitive angler. It's not like the, you know, the bass boat world where like, you know, I can't afford a bass boat. So yeah, <laughs> it's just not gonna, you know, I can't, I can't afford that kind of lifestyle. So, but this, this sport, anyone can get into it. Like, like just, it, just like that, you can, uh, you can sign up for a KBF, competition or your local tournament and go c compete against you know other people and so you know like one of the things that i wish i would have learned is that i didn't have to buy all the shit that i bought <laughs> and I, I had to invest so much money i could have been more budget friendly uh and slowly because i ended up, you end up slowly learning and um and finding and finding your way through the you know the crazy world of the, you know, that we're in anyways like it, i mean shit like this year's finally the year where i have like six rods and that's it you know like, yeah and then it's the six techniques that i really really like there's a few that you know, I might try, but there's six like there's six things that I do that just catch me fish, and yeah, I wish I would have started off with that mindset of like just learn one thing, get good at that one thing, learn then learn something else, or you know learn each for each water you know part of the water call, but don't go out and buy you know a kayak worth of fishing gear at first, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean that's not to say though that I didn't spend money on like stupid stuff. Like it was almost in the opposite spectrum. So like. When it came to lures and stuff like that, I bought everything because I was like, oh, that looks cool. That looks yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm going to fish with that. I'm going to fish with that type of thing. But, like, I didn't spend, like, the higher money on, like, you know, the rods and reels and stuff like that just because I didn't have the means to, like, carry a whole lot and stuff like that. And I didn't really know how to use a lot of stuff. And when I started fishing, uh, I didn't use a bait caster for probably the first – I don't know, two and a half years ish. So uh, then I finally got my first one and then like realized, oh, okay, yeah, this is definitely something that's going to help me out. And now I almost have more bait casters than spinning rods. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think, I think my biggest, like some of the things that like I still hit myself in the ass for now is like, you know, I got, I had, I had, a, I had a nice, you know, striker four Garmin fish finder, did everything that I needed to do. Show me what the bottom looked like. Gave me the temperatures, gave me uh, the depth, gave me the, the time of the day, you know, and like and a little a little like map tracker thing that you know, I could like set a course or whatever and find my mm -hmm. way back to the uh, launch. And then I felt the need that I needed a better fish finder because everyone's catching fish offshore. And so they got the downscope and the side view and all these things. I was like, I got to have that. That's going to increase my game. And, you know, I spent like, you know, like, I don't know, I ran into some money. I was able to get a nice one. And I don't even use the damn thing. Like it just fits <laughs> in my kayak. I use it for the. I use it the same way I use my cheap, my my, my you know whatever my my Garmin Striker Four, like the small one. I use it the same thing. All I look to see what the depth is, what the bottom looks like. I look at the side view. I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at. I just I keep it on just for like you know because the camera's 
sees it. So I want to make sure people think that I know what I'm doing. But for the real thing, like it was just <laughs> right. like, it was like a, like a thousand dollar investment that like it, it hasn't brought me back. Any, like it hasn't returned anything to me yet. So <laughs> but that's the that's the crazy world of like kayak fishing. Like you just you got to be careful because. You know, the thing is, like, I guess what really bothered me the most about it is, like, I talked to guys like Ryan Lamberg and Adam Reiser and some of these other guys who who, who place well at tournaments, and that the son of a bitch doesn't even take a fish finder out there with them. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's just you know, like, how? <laughs> yeah, and then, like, you know, everyone's about motors these days, and half those guys don't even use motors. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying I don't see the benefit and all. I'm just saying, like, sometimes you don't need as much as you think you do. Um, yes. And to yes. put yourself in debt or – you know, sacrifice this part of your life so this you know for this you know it's just like you know maybe think about it a little more think about who you are as an angler what you like to fish where, where your skills are and where you're at you know as far as your growth and maybe maybe base your purchases or your whatever direction you're going to go with things off that instead of just whatever like get that little twinkle in your eye like i gotta have it i gotta have it <laughs> right yeah i know th- those first couple years where you're really learning what works for you you know is like you know, the most critical and it can be the most expensive for you, you know, because you learn like, okay, what technique is best for me? You know, you get a feel for the rods and reels that you're using. You get a feel for the baits that you're using, the terminal tackle, you know, and, you know, based on those experiences are going to kind of steer you, you know, what brands you might really stick to or have bad luck with, you know, it's just, you know, how it goes. And, you know, just trying to get everything lined up and taken care of. Yeah, you might spend, you know, a grand in a matter of like a month sometimes because yeah. you're just like, I got to I got to try this. I got to try this. Oh, but then the, this didn't work out. And, you know, I, I didn't like this rod. Like, you know, I had bought a seven foot six rod and I hated it. Like, I hated it because it just is too long for me. And, like, I just I, – I had to learn that the hard way, you know. I mean, the great thing about, you know, fishing rods is you can sell them pretty easily right, right. Uh, in the local community or on uh, the Facebook marketplace, you know. But some other things like, you know, lures and baits and stuff like that, it's just kind of like, oh, this isn't really living up to its hype right now. I just right. spent, you know – $30 on this, you know, lure type of thing. So it's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, cool. We, we, we went, we went, we went down that hole. Uh, let's hear about your, uh, your podcast. You're a fellow podcaster, uh, outdoors woman. Make sure we say that right. Cause it is outdoors woman, right? Adventures with uh, outdoor, outdoor woman. Yeah. Outdoor woman. <laughs> uh, almost hitting a year. Uh, I, I just listened to the last episode. Like, I don't know how you do it solo. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> like I can't do things live. Because a lot of times I have about six, seven beers. I don't know if I need to <laughs> turn the shit off, and I can't, and I can't talk to myself because I don't know. I, I don't like the sound of my own voice, and you know, like, right? You know, I'll call myself an idiot. I've never had anyone else say I'm an idiot, but if I'm talking to myself, I might be. Like, You're an idiot, Josh. You should, you should do this. So right. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest about it, you know, the first few times that, you know, I did my first few episodes, like, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Am I going to be able to talk about something for even a half hour, 20 minutes, you know? And so, like, I would spend a few days, like, stewing on it. I'd just be, like, him and hawing. I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to sit down and just talk, you know? And so, like, I would sit down and I'd be looking at the camera and I'd be like, Okay, at first I'd be a little awkward, but then like once I got to talking about, you know, what had happened with either like a tournament or an experience I had on the water and then like, you know, what's coming up for me, I was like, you know what, I can actually get into the groove pretty good. And I did a lot of solo episodes uh, quite a while before I started getting guests on there. And so it just, it came natural to talk to myself in a sense. Uh, So, you know, that's, I guess that's why, you know, I do so well doing a solo episode, you know, but sometimes uh, like recently, you know, I've had a lot of guests on and everything this year so far, and I haven't done a lot of solo episodes yet. So this last one, it actually took me quite a while to kind of get myself encouraged to be like, okay, you can do it. You've done plenty of solo episodes before. You don't have to have a set time or anything, you know, like people are just going to be there to listen, to hear what's happened and what's planned and all that other stuff. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I just, I don't need to sweat it. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was the, uh, you're, you're with the Paddle and Finn network or whatever you guys, whatever, whatever it's called, but uh, yep. you're part of the Paddle and Finn family. Um, were you podcasting before that? Because I think the first time I heard you, you were a guest in their show, 
I remember um, specifically because you had like a funny story, like because like some of the hard things about being a female angler, at least at that time there wasn't a lot of them. And it's like, you know, as it, you know, we travel in packs and we stay in the same places. And I think you had an issue because you were staying uh, whatever. And like the guys were like, whatever you're staying with married, like there's married guys there. Sometimes the women don't understand it. And I remember that. And then also obviously the struggle of using the bathroom and everything else that we're talking <laughs> about. But, but, I, but I mean, like, were you podcasting before that or was it just, or did you start with Paddle and Finn? I, it was just uh, like being a guest on the Paddle and Finn episodes. Um, so, yeah, Brian and uh, Jay had me on a couple of times. And then um, it was like last was it July or something like that. They were just like, you know, they were starting to grow and starting to get different segments. And they were just like, hey, how would you like to do your own show? And I'm like. That was just like Brian. Yeah. <laughs> terrified because I'm an introvert believe it or not I'm a very big introvert so like you know it it was a big uh you know risk to take personally because you know I'm like okay I really have to step outside my comfort zone or whatever but I'm just like you know what this actually shouldn't be too bad because I'm sitting at home I'm not actually physically with the person but like I can see them on the screen and everything and I'm trying to remember who my very first guest was. That's bad that I can't remember because I've had so many. <laughs> but, you know, like my first one, I remember being really nervous. I was like, man, you know, like I just I hope, you know, I talk about things and that I can keep the conversation going. And then I think it would just ended up being like we couldn't stop talking. So I was just like, yeah. oh, this is easy. You know, as long as I talk about, you know, what fishing and the things we love I was just like this is this is a no-brainer you know and so um so yeah so then they had asked me if I wanted to do my own segment and you know I I took a little bit to think about it I was just like this is a lot to take on you know this might be a lot of work and I don't know like am I gonna have enough content all the time you know and so that's why I chose to do like an every other week type thing because I was just like being you know like a solo host I was like I don't know if I'm going to have enough to talk about every week. And then, you know, with tournaments and traveling and everything, I was like, I got to give myself enough time, you know, to even record episodes because last year um, I was gone like every single weekend from the end of April to the end of June. (laughs) So yeah, I was gone a lot. And, you know, I had a lot of plans for this year, but you know, Rona and everything, but um you know, I was like, you know, I got to make sure I give myself enough time and whatnot and, you know, make sure to try to schedule podcasts and all that other thing. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just was like, all right, let's just take it and see where it goes, you know. And I don't even really stop and consider like or worry about who's watching my show and who's not and all that other stuff, because, you know, that's that's not the important thing to me. You know, I it's it's still taking me a while to really figure out, I guess, like a certain direction for it. But, you know, kind of a main uh, theme or way that I've been going with it is, you know, is to get uh, ladies acknowledged, you know, in this sport, you know, and have them share their stories, too. You know, because I'm just like, you know. If I was a lady out in this sport, you know, I'd I'd want some kind of, you know, outlet in a sense or just be like, you know, let let's hear let's hear their story, you know, because there there's not many of us out there. I mean, we're we're starting to grow in numbers, um, right. but still, you know, few and far between. But I was just like, you know, th- th- I think this would be a great opportunity just to, you know, help all these women get exposure, you know, I don't care what it does for me, you know, it's because I mean it, it is about me, but I don't want it about me. You know, I wanted about, you know, just the women in this industry and then, you know, adventures and stuff that I guess that kind of comes second. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good point. Like just for the whole woman thing, like one of the things that you know, I appreciate, I'm not, I'm not really appreciate, it's, it's, it's a crazy world that I guess for like women anglers, because this is a, this is a sport where like the, uh, the gender really isn't a factor. Like you either know how to fish, you don't, you know, it doesn't matter. Christine Fisher will show up and take up all your money. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> It doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how in great shape you are or whatever. She'll show up and she'll take your money. Uh, because this isn't a this isn't about physical attributes or man, woman. This is about skill levels and knowledge and, and all that stuff. But uh it's cool to have like, you know, someone have a podcast like yours because like 
for some reason, like women got to battle that. Um, what would you call it? Like the sex appeal, I guess you would say, of the sport where you have like, you know, say I mean, whatever, to each their own. I don't care what people do, but I mean, there is different. There's a lot of women in the sport who just fish, but there are also a lot of women who get noticed who don't really fish, but but they look great in a bikini. Um, yep. And, yep. And whatever, like whatever, make your money, girl, shake your thing. I don't care, you know. But 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 I'm saying it's just like, but I do want I, I do want to see like people like you and uh, you know, my, my I'm a huge fan of Miss Fields. Like she's like. I know. She's like my hero, um, you know, and also Christine Fisher. She's, you know, and there's just, just a whole bunch of women who just, you know, they're just out there. They're grinding. They're working hard. They're fishing. Um, whether they're whatever, like beauties in the eye of the beholder or whatever. I don't really care about that. But, I, I, you know, whatever, like if you want to take your clothes off, be, you know, that's what you've been <laughs> known for. You know, God bless you. But, you know, like in my, in my sport, I like to see. You know, these women, you know, like, I like having Catherine Phil because I, I love her story. I think it's a beautiful story. I think it's like, wow, you know, she's, she just hit 50, but she's living a life, you know, like, you know, you know, a, a 20-year-old would love to live. Like, she travels. She, she fishes. She, 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 she's, go, like, she's GoPro on herself. She's putting herself out on social media and telling her story. Like, how badass is that, you know? Right. And, and it's just like, they're, they're, and they, they need that outlet. They, you know, I do my best, but, you know, it, sometimes it's easier for another woman to talk to another woman just – for whatever reason, and I think that's what's great about your show is because you do you you do give these people a platform, and they are great anglers. Even if they're not great anglers, the fact they're going out there and doing the things they do, I think it's just important to be, and that's important for everyone. That's what I try to do with my show too. I don't just interview the champs, you know, the number the first place. I I interview anglers because it's like what what my show is mainly about. But you know, I, I think it's just important that you know we give the you know to the people that they're dues, the platform to tell their stories because that's what's cool about our sport. Everyone's got a story. Most of us, if you ask me. We didn't start in a kayak in our 20s or our, our teens. Like most of us are like going through an early midlife crisis yeah. or you know, like, like, you know, like it's like we, we, got, we got stuck in the grind of life working nine to fives. Uh, you know, we, we wake up one day we're like, holy shit, we're, we're, we're in our mid 30s. We look back and like we're like, God damn, I just worked a lot. You know, and, you know, it's like it's too late. I can't just like pick up basketball and become, you know what I mean? Or uh, yep. I mean, I can. But as far as like, you know, like finding a passion you know it's it's hard to find something to be super competitive at or, or, or something that puts yourself out there great we can all go to the gym and make ourselves look better blah 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 but to find a sport find something that you could excel in that you can be passionate about that you can stay up all hours of night looking at a map and planning a trip and, and you know that's 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 what's that's that's what most of us do then and that's the best part about this sport. that's what i love to tell those kind of stories because we're not most of us aren't young most of us are getting in those older years and we just we found something to be passionate about and that's why we can't stop posting pictures about it that's why we got our gopros with us all the time we're recording every fish we catch and posting it could be fine you know we got out we got away from the uh the boring life and, and now we're, we're doing something exciting yep exactly exactly I, dude, I, I, that was like a five minute rant did you, did you find that <laughs> shit <laughs> You know, and, you know, that is, that is so true, you know, because it's very obvious, especially on social media, which women are out there just for looks and followers. And then there's the anglers who are out there who are actually about the fishing and the sport itself, you know, and the experience too, you know, Kate Field, love her to death. I mean, you know, she just had a video. <laughs> she went live a little bit ago because she caught her very first walleye and she wasn't even sure how to like grab it or, you know, <laughs> hold it, you know? And I was just like, here this woman is, you know, 50 years old, never caught a walleye in her life. She's going live. She's doing all these experiences and I'm just, I'm in awe, you know? And I'm just like, I want to be more like Kate Field, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think the best part about her, like, and something it, it kind of changed the way I look, because I've always had like uh, these these, and maybe you did too, uh, but these bullshit expectations of yourself, you know, you get caught up with, uh, you know, being whatever, just expectations, being something, uh, you know, getting something out, you know, if you're doing something, you expect something out of it. Uh, if you're competing, you expect to compete at a high level, and and blah blah blah. And that's you know, and, and so I look at her, I'm like. There's no reason for her to be traveling all the way to Kentucky Lake. There's no reason for her to travel all the way to, from Utah to Florida to fish, uh, you know, at Lake Seminole, a lake she ain't ever been to, to meet people she's never really met in person, to borrow a kayak from a guy she never met. You know, all these things yeah. she does. And I'm like, she does it because she fucking wants to. Yeah, You know, she, she exactly. does it because she's passionate about something. I'm like, you know, there's no age number or no health restriction or anything that, that you know – 
that has to do with you being passionate about something. That's just you. That's you, you know, being being happy with life and, and living life to its fullest instead of you know having all these bullshit expectations and 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 falling into like the traps of life. It's like no fuck that. Be like Fields, travel thousands of miles from home, you know, with a hurt back or all the other health issues that she's had to deal with, and go out there and, and make a memory and come back and blog or video about it and and show people that like I mean there's there's tons of life out there for you. Right. Yep. Exactly. I know. Like I you know in the years that I've been doing this and everything too, like I've, I've had like, you know, these, these big ideas of like, Oh yeah, you know, maybe I could do like a YouTube channel or something like that. Maybe I could do YouTube videos and how to videos and all this and that, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, sometimes I think a little too big sometimes, you know, but like that still shows, you know, that passion out there, you know, because it's just like, once you find that niche that you just absolutely love and becomes a part of you and is your joy and what you look forward to and that drives you and keeps you alive. It's just like, what else matters? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kicked myself in the ass this year. Cause like one of the reasons I didn't do the Hobie events is because like, you know, this is my uh, third year competing, like second year, really, you know, like last year I started traveling and I did a bunch of the uh, KBF Northeast events and stuff. And, you know, and this year, I was going to do all the KBF events I could, but I was going to stay away from the Hobie because it just sounded too uh, – it just sounded big. You know, it's, it's – they're two-day tournaments. You know, you know the roster that's going to that. The uh, the, the entry fees, like this is – like maybe they didn't mean to, but when you looked at it from the outside, it looked like something that was built for people who were – these weren't like novice. These people were going in there to uh, you know, the fight for a big pot, but it wasn't. And then, you know, I talked, you know, and I'm sitting there like all last year or earlier this year getting ready for this uh, season. And I'm like making excuses why I'm not going to go do this, making excuses why I'm not going to do that. And then I have Kate Phils on my show. <laughs> it's like, oh, God damn it. And I kicked myself in the ass because I should, you know, because now I'm like, you know, it's like, ah, you're, 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 you're like, I'm full of shit. You know, that's what I felt like. I was like, I'm full of shit. You know, like, if you like this sport and it's something you do, why are you putting a price tag on it? Why are you putting this on it? If you can afford it, go do it. If you get your ass whooped, that's okay. You know, it's all these things. That, like I said, it comes back to these expectations of, you know, why I do things. It's like sometimes screw the expectations. Uh, screw what you think you're supposed to get out of something. You know, go make a memory. Go, you know, go, go do something that's hard. Uh, go do something that scares the living shit out of you. Uh, you know, dr- drive a few thousand miles and go do it too. And come back home with a, with a, with a big you know, L a loser, you know what I mean? But, but, but come back home smiling the whole time because you, you know, of the experience or, you know, whether it was, whether it was you, you got bet, you, you, you know, you got better, you learned something, you made some new friends, you made, you know, the memories obviously, but like those, those are the things that we should be uh, investing in and not worrying about like the other shit, you know, like, like I said, I'm not saying go broke doing this. I'm saying live, sure. <laughs> live within your means, but don't let like, um, you know, not being, you know, on the same level as a, a Cody Milton or a Josh Stewart, keep me from going down there and, and fishing. Cause no one cares. Like the only person that cares is yourself. Like no one gives a shit. When you show up, people are going to say hi, people, or, you know, they'll shake your hand, give you a hug. Not right now with this, this whole Corona, but yeah. you know, prior to that, they used to shake your hands and give you hugs when you show up for the event. But you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the story I got from uh Miss Fields. And I don't know, this supposed to be your podcast, but we're talking about her. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that that's true though, you know, because, that's the great thing is even regardless of how bad or how good you do, you know, people aren't really judging you by how you're placing in the tournament. You know, it's all about, you know, your attitude about everything and the way that you present yourself too. you know, I mean, especially Kate Field, you know, she's going to these Hobies events and everything. And, you know, she's going in with the mentality of, I don't care if I even catch a fish or whatever, you know, she's there to have the experience, you know, interact with these other anglers. I mean, granted, you know, we only had uh, the four of us staying at the cabin and we saw a few other people out on the water and it was definitely felt that, you know, things were different because of not having the live check-in and whatnot, you know, definitely missed that aspect of everything. But just, you know, like her her whole goal is just to get out there, get more experience, learn even more and become, you know, better at this sport, you know, and it's just like that's what it's supposed to be all about. You know, I mean, yes, there is, you know, the competition part of it, you know, and once you get to that level, you know, you you do go after those bigger incentives and those bigger dreams and 
you know, sometimes you do lose a little bit of, you know, how, you know, kind of what you used to be to where you are now, you know, not saying that that's bad or anything like that, but you know, the, the, there's like this, this change sometimes, you know, people go through, but then there's other people who are out there who, you know, are just like outstanding professional anglers in the industry, you know, Jackson Orr being one of them, you know, a young kid, you know, you, t- it doesn't matter who he talks to, you know, he talks the same to everybody. everybody. And I respect the shit out of that from people the most, you know, the one thing that, you know, I guess disappoints me is when I see, you know, the higher level anglers, you know, talking differently to other people, you know, um, granted, you know, I know that there's going to be the clicks and all that other stuff and people are going to be people, that type of thing, you know, and I come from a mentality of, listen, everybody's a person. I'm going to treat everybody the same regardless of who they are, what they've done or whatever. But like, you're a jerk to me. I'm not going to think very highly of you. So just (laughs) saying, you know, but then like, I'm also going to watch, you know, how you're treating and talking to other people too. You know, I mean, if somebody new is trying to come up and talk to you and ask you questions and you're not going to give them the time or day or just kind of shove them off because you're like, Oh, I got better things to do. She's like, yeah, all right. You know, I mean, there's, there's anglers who will take the time to make sure that they're able to talk to these people who are needing help, you know, and just, I just have the utmost respect for them. And it's so good to see that too. And, you know, Kate is also, you know, like a breath of fresh air a lot of times too, you know, because after day one was done at Kentucky Lake, you know, she just, she still had like a positive attitude and everything. She was just like, you guys are going to do great tomorrow. You're going to catch a lot of fish, you know, and I'm just like, why, why can't I have your mentality all the yeah. time? Like, what, what is this? Cause you know, and I know we've all been there with this, but I like to call it the the bipolar personalities of fishing because, you know, when you're out there fishing, whether you're in a tournament or just, you know, kind of fishing for whatever, if you're having a good day, you're in a great mood. But if yeah. things are going wrong and everything, you are like uh, Mr. Hyde. You're just like, fuck this and I can't do shit. I'm a dumbass angler and I can't figure this out and everything's bringing it. And then you go from one extreme to the next in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then and then an hour later you're, you find a bite and you're back to being in a good mood again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then you're just like, oh yeah, I gotta figure it out. I am good after all. <laughs> every time, every time, you know. And that happened a little bit to me this past weekend at the Madison. So I had you know uh, six bites. I landed four. And probably the first hour and a half. And then, like, it just stopped. And I struggled. And so, like, from about 9.30 until 1.30, which is, you know, a good four hours chunk of time. You know, that's that's a lot of time on the water alone with your thoughts. And, you know, and you're fishing. You don't have a bite or anything. You're like, all right, getting a little worried, you know, getting closer to that uh, end time here. All right. God damn it, Susie, come on. You can do better than this. Come on. You're just, I don't know shit. I can't do it. And then it just keeps progressing or whatever. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) And then I'm like, all right, just, you know, I was like, all right, I'm just going to fish docks because, okay, I can do that, you know? And then bam, I was like, okay, 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 okay. I'm like, all right, come. (laughs) So, you know, the, the mental aspect of thing, you know, is, is very interesting, you know, and I, I know a lot of people do deal with that sometimes, too. But like, you know, being a person who's also dealt with, you know, depression since high school, too, you know, that's another big factor in everything, too, because it's just, you know, I'm always, always like judging myself and second guessing yeah, myself. That, that and, was that, and, that was like the expectation I was talking about. Like it's whether it's depression, you know, I come from like a world of like uh, it's never good enough, you know, like yes. whether, it's, whether it's from the military, it's like it's. You know, you, you gotta constantly be active. You gotta constantly be improving. You can't stay stagnant. Uh, you know, there's always someone that can take your job. There's always someone that can come up there. And, and, and so, my whole life has just been like, you know, like it's never good enough, never good enough. I gotta be the, you know, the best, blah blah blah. And same thing. And it started trickling down into my fishing. You know, the same way. It's just like, 
you know, you've been doing this, you still can't get it, you still can't find it, and these guys are doing all this. And it's like you put these ridiculous like expectations on yourself, and it, and if you do that, it's, it's just horrible. It's fucking horrible for your mental health. <laughs> yep, 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 exactly. So, you know, it just sometimes it's just, you know, it, it can take a lot of time and a lot of practice to teach yourself to be go- good or be better to yourself, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah absolutely. Well, cool. Like, uh, we got to stop talking about Miss Fields or else I'll just have her back on the show. But, uh, <laughs> right. uh, but uh, so we'll, we'll wrap this thing up in a little bit. Uh, what's coming up for you in the future? I know you just did the Hobie event in Kentucky. You just did a, another local event. Um, obviously, the show. Like, what, what are some of the things that we're going to see from the, uh, the outdoors, outdoors woman? <laughs> That's such a tongue twister. <laughs> Outdoor woman. Outdoor uh, woman. <laughs> yep. So um, the next bracket uh, with Paddle and Finn, I believe, is going to be next weekend. Um, I'm still in that? uh, I believe so. I believe it's me, you, and Sam. Yeah, beat JP. I'm sorry, DP. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yep, so yeah, I believe it's me, you, and Sam. And then whoever wins that will go up against Doodoo, and then the victor will be crowned after that. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Yeah. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. <laughs> any, any other big tournaments coming up? Um, let's see here. So another tournament I I was originally planning on doing uh, the lacrosse event, but uh, due to some other circumstances, uh, I'm not able to make that. Um, I've got a another uh, like local-ish tournament uh, up in Wisconsin, then the 18th or 19th. Then I'm on vacation in northern Wisconsin um, that fall that week of the 19th. I'm going to be up in uh, Manaqua, so I'm pretty excited about that. Then August, uh, I got two more uh, tournaments with my local trail, and then our trail turn uh, championship is at the end of August, <clears throat> and then I don't know if there's another, because I know there was going to be some state, um, like, bass things, but I don't know if Illinois has cleared everything up with all that, whatever, so that might be happening in August, it might not, um, but then September, um, I look forward to this event every single year, the uh, Salmon Tournament, up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Um, that's going to be on the 12th of September. Um, so I'm going to be spending probably a good three or four days up there uh, chasing uh, some king salmon. I, I, nice. I love it. Absolutely love it. We got them uh, up here. I just I haven't gotten, gotten around to it. I, yeah, it's, it's just more tackle that I got to buy. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and that's what I kind of thought, too, when I first started fishing for salmon. Um, But, like, I learned, like, the most important thing that you need when it comes to salmon fishing is the hooks. Because they will outright break them or bend them straight. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, you could use, like, uh, ugly sticks with uh, 20-pound floral on them, and they'll work just fine. So, I well, well yep. I guess it dep- I guess it depends on how you catch them because I'm, yes. I'm on the Great Lakes. I don't I didn't know if you meant like catching them when they start staging to come up the river or when yes. they're out there when they're out there on the big lake at the bottom. It like oh yeah no 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 yeah <laughs> I don't I don't do any of that okay you know okay. ten color you know three hundred yards of line yeah but, yeah 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 that's that's yeah. what I was talking about if, it, if it's just fishing <laughs> by the river I could probably do that with an ugly stick or something yeah but. yeah usually uh, in September is when they start coming in for the spawn and everything and all you do is troll for them and they're so aggressive that time of year that they'll hit anything so um that's why it's awesome because you just you go out there and you troll some flicker shads with some really dirt, uh, stout hooks on them. Oh, yeah, you'll annihilate them like nothing. And then, um, unfortunately, the uh, women's event uh, yeah, postponed. Yeah, but um, I do have another goal uh, that I've set for myself. So um, two goals for me this year is to, A, win a tournament. And B, um, now I've set the goal of uh, Angler of the Year within my local club. I'm in second right now for points. So, okay. yeah. Stay, stay consistent. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I've got a goal. I've got a plan, you know, and I've got a focus. And I just, you know, I got I to gotta work for it, you know. Yeah. And I think I can make it happen. 
And then let's see here. Then October is the national championship. Um, hopefully it's still on. I don't know. I mean, I know, I know the, the, the South is going crazy right now. So yeah. Yeah. So that that's still kind of penciled in for now. We'll see. Um, but other than that, that's kind of it as far as like big events, I guess, coming up in a sense um, this year, Definitely gone a lot different than what I had envisioned or planned. Um, but, you know, Rona and everything yeah, like that. I, but I, I, I'm really just winging it this year. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, like, I set my goals. I had some big goals. Now it's like, all right, just qualify for the national championship and whatever. Like, uh, it's, it's, just a, it's just a salvageable year. Like, do what tournaments you can and uh, get ready for 2021. Yep, exactly. You know, and that's what I told myself, too. You know, after, you know, about – mid-April is when I kind of pretty much came to terms with everything because March through, well, whenever things shut down in Illinois, which I think was like the, yeah, the 17th of March is when things shut down, like all the lakes and everything. Um, it was a little bit of a dark time for me, I'll be honest, because, you know, with Banner Marsh being closed up until May 26th, like, I went a little crazy. <laughs> I was a very angry Susie. <laughs> we'll oh, say no. that. You know, and, you know, with my job, I mean, granted, I'm not around patients or anything like that, but um, I do work in um, a laboratory as part of a major hospital uh, here in Peoria. And, uh, you know, once the COVID stuff started happening, like, it was a very, very stressful time, you know, because nobody knew like what was going to happen. And then like they started furloughs and stuff like that. And then it was just like, oh man, nothing was certain, you know? Right. So then I was just like, all right, you know, let's just take things at a time here. You know, I'm just going to do what I can. You know, we couldn't really travel out of state at the time um, and whatnot. So I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. You know, um, yeah. having the, the two weeks that I had off for furlough was going to give me time to just like, all right, I can take this time to kind of de-stress, you know, kind of find some inner peace <laughs> and kind of collect myself and then just kind of go from there. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't until um, I had my bracket with against Brian <laughs> that when I finally started kind of like turning around and kind of coming out of my funk in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, I had been going to Imaquan, which is about 40 minutes from where I live, because it was still open, and I fished there for six days straight, and it was, like, phenomenal fishing, and it just, <laughs> it, it woke me up, you know, and, and that, you know, says a lot, too, in itself, you know, you just, th this passion that you have when you can't do it, you know, it just, it kills you, <laughs> in a sense, you know, and so, like, it just, it, it helped wake me up and everything, and, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I can focus more on local stuff, I'll try to do the bigger stuff when I can, when it's able to happen, because um, I know Hobie had to postpone uh, Chickamauga and one other event, or is that the only one that got postponed? I, I can't remember. The, I think that was the only one. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do that, you know, yeah. but it, I think it's postponed until November and that's just not going to be able to happen. But I mean, that's OK. Um, so and then, you know, the postponing of the NC and everything. I'm like, OK, you know what? Because I wasn't even ready for the NC. I was just I was nowhere, nowhere near ready. I hadn't planned anything. I didn't have all my gear ready. And then they finally postponed it. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> I was like so relieved, you know, I was like, all right, I got more time to prep and plan and everything. And I was like, you know what, this year is just going to be shock. You know what, whatever I do this year, I'm just going to set, you know, obtainable goals, you know, which I do truly believe, you know, that I could reach that one goal of finally winning one tournament. It's there. It's there. You know, I mean, it's, it's that whole believing in yourself. Too, right, right, right. Thing. Um, you know, and then this other goal, you know, that I had just set for myself too, the angler of the year thing. Um, so, um, you know, I'm like, you know what, those are two very easily things that I can focus on just for this year, you know, right. and, you know, try to focus on myself in a little bit too. Um, you know, weight and stuff like that hasn't always been an easy thing for me. Um, of course, you know, it kind of goes with having mental illness and everything, yeah. but, uh, you know what? This year, I'm just going to work on improving myself, um, improving my skills, improving my knowledge, 
um, even more, uh, really focusing in on learning. Um, one of my biggest and still one of my uh, most challenging things for me is still learning and understanding pairing rods and reels appropriately and like appropriate line on there with what techniques. So right, I spent right. a lot of time over this winter with a spreadsheet, uh, setting up everything, be like, okay, if I put this rod on this reel with this gear ratio and have this line on here, I can do these techniques. And then if I have this and this and this type of thing, you know, I like, I took the time to really kind of learn that because everything else before that had just been, okay, the techniques, all right, uh, trying to understand, you know, the different uh, bodies of water, um, the different seasons, you know, the different lures and stuff like that. I had never really taken the time to like really stop and learn about the equipment yeah. in that sense, you know, which I knew was kind of a, uh, a setback for me, but, you know, I was like, okay, you know, this is just going to help um, increase uh, my chances of, you know, getting better and just, you know, becoming more knowledgeable and it can be helpful for other new anglers out there too. So, um, yeah, I'm like, you know what, this year I'm just going to just improve upon what I can do as good as I can. And then next year, as long as everything's everything. somewhat back to normal, <laughs> I'm, it's just, it's, it's going to go full on. I'm going to be like, all right, let's bring it on 2021. Like, let's do this. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, before we go, because i got to do another podcast here in a little bit, but uh, I want to give you the time to thank the people that's made fishing easier for you. Uh, yep, most definitely. Uh, definitely got to give a shout-out to uh, Quest Water Sports, uh, you know, for working with me since basically 2014. Um, you know, they were the first dealer I went to. I've been working with them since and finally got on with them with the Hobie Fishing Team. Uh, Kistler Rods, uh, Tourney Tag, uh, Bassett Bates, uh, it's a local, uh, out of his, uh, shop, his own home shop in, uh, Rockford, Illinois, uh, Tim Hamilton, who makes those. Shangler Customs, uh, Miss Mel Isaacs, uh, does that one. Uh, unofficially this year, Excalibur Seasonings, um, you know, with COVID and everything, they aren't able to, like, officially sponsor me this year, but next year, you know, definitely gonna be looking into that as well. Um, new sponsor for this year, Dakota Lithium, um, being able to power my GoPro like all day, not have to worry about changing batteries or anything. That's pretty awesome too. Um, let's see here. If you, uh, catch, catch outdoors, uh, being on their team, uh, gonna have some, uh, recording opportunity here, hopefully in the next month or so, uh, which is exciting, but also terrifying at the same time, <laughs> being on camera. And, uh, of course, you know, Paddle and Finn, you know, uh, yeah. All right, Susan, well, I appreciate you coming on. It was, it's about time that we did this. Uh, <laughs> right? you know, good luck, good luck with the rest of the season. I'm sure we're going to be talking again soon, probably next weekend, um, with the, with the, the, the rest of the bracket going on. But, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, it's great having you on and uh, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much, Josh. All right. Take care. Take care.